Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And today I'm joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. Okay, we're going to be discussing Ned's thirteenth chapter in A Game of Thrones. Um, all the usual trigger warnings um, for rape and violence. Uh, we'll just jump right in. Uh, Ned is dreaming that he's in the crypts beneath Winterfell. Um, he sees the kings of winter watch him pass with eyes of ice, and the direwolves at their feet turn their stone heads and snarl as he walks past. Um, he comes upon the tomb of his father with Brandon and Lyanna lying beside him, and Lyanna's statue whispers, Promise me, Ned. She wears a garland of pale blue roses, and her eyes weep blood. Um, he startles awake. To a hammering at the door, and I guess to stop. I mean, it's pretty kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> All the little, uh... yeah. You know, sometimes I get the feeling that George was like, you know, two th- two thirds <laughs> of the way through the book, and he was like, oh, I've got to jam in all of this, you know, Liana and John stuff right away before <laughs> Ned's chapters get too cramped to get any more real exposition in. So he just kind of keeps hitting it over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty blatant. <laughs> Um, Ned opens the door to find Tomard and Cain with the king's steward. Uh, his grace is commanding his presence at once. Um, he asks if he can get a few moments to dress, and he follows them across the Red Keep, and it sort of feels more ominous the further he walks, you know, just not just being middle of the night. And he notices the king's guard. All of them, they're on the bridge, the steps, uh, the royal apartments. Um, strange chill goes through him as soon as he sees Barristan face. He pretty much knows something's dreadfully wrong. Um, once, once he hears Robert, he's inside the room and he, you know, it's, it's, it's very hot. They've got the fires going and he hears Robert's strangely thick voice call him over. Um, you know, he can smell it. He can smell blood and death as he thinks, um, Grandmaster Pycelle is hovering over Robert when Renly paces um, back and forth, while Renly paces back and forth. Uh, Cersei's sitting on the edge of the bed. Um, he's, he gets feeling like he's in a dream because it's just so oppressively hot in the room, and you know he's just starting to take in Robert's condition. Um, he still has his boots on; they're dirty. Um, you know he looks down, and you know he can see how bad it is. Uh, Renly ex- okay, can I just say for a second, because we'll learn later that it's been two days since this bore, like, bored Robert. Why did someone take his fucking boots off? That was a two good days. point, because at first I'm like, wow, they just dragged him in, and then what's his name? Benson mentions his two- What the... Oh, God. Yeah. I feel like they need better, like, you know, in-the-field medics in <laughs> Westeros. Good God. <laughs> That Maybe they funny. think like they're keep helping him keep warm by having his boots on. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe there's some like weird, you know, if they take his boots off, that means he's gonna die. You know, like a man doesn't take his boots <laughs> off. And, you know. Hey, uh, <laughs> he died with his boots on. Right, right. Like maybe there's some, you know, or like soldierly thing that 
is meaningful. But yeah, two days does seem a pretty long time. <laughs> it's just a hot mess. Um, uh, where are we at? Okay. So Renly's explaining that it was a bore, and Robert admits it was his own fault. He was drinking too much. He missed his thrust. Um, Ned asks, where, you know, where's the king's guard while all this was happening? And Renly's mouth twitches. Um, you know, he tells Ned that Robert had ordered them all to stand aside and let him take the boar alone. And uh, Ned lifts the blankets to see further damage. And, you know, Robert's like, oh, yeah, I can smell it. It's the stink of death. Like, he's pretty much knows at this point. It's just got to be horrific pain. Um, but he smiles as he tells Ned that he killed the boar even after he was wounded. Woo. And um, he commands everyone to leave the room so he can talk privately with Ned. Uh, and I guess we could pause and see if there's anything. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. Just chaotic. and. Is this before or after Varys is like, it's oh, before. and, you know, those those boys giving him the one. Like, yeah, it's, it's before. It's before. Yeah. It's, it's before. before, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this is from his groin to his nipple. Oh. Yeah. And he survived for two days. How? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> There's just no way. And they didn't, you know, that's the, the kind of next thing Pycelle sort of telling him that they didn't didn't do much, you know. Well, maybe Pycelle's. I mean, but maybe Pycelle's like really good at his job, and in like a weird, you know, like they keep him alive for. Or it's you know, obviously, I think it's supposed to be like a testament to Rob to Robert's like physical yeah. strength and stuff, yeah. though too. Like even yeah, you know, even in his yeah, it is. He wants wasted to talk to state. I'm sure it's like a metaphor for the kingdom, the fact that Robert was so strong, he kept everything together, even though he was doing a really shitty job for 15 years. But, like, you can't tell me, wherever they were in these woods hunting, was it the Kingswood? Is that where they were? I don't even remember. I think so, yeah. There's no, like, holdfast or castle between where there would be a maester that they could have treated him. I mean, that's just kind of like... Something. There had to have been something along the road or somewhere they could have stopped. This is again. George had just ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and clearly George just had not completely resolved his world when he was writing this book because it really doesn't jibe with what we know later on in the series with how the maesters are spread out fucking yeah. everywhere. And you'd think they would have sent one because I'm sure in past hunts people have gotten injured. I mean, those are dangerous animals. They you'd think they'd have people with them, like medics. Yeah, like maesters, you know, maesters. <laughs> yeah, um, traveling. Something? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, you know, what I like, you know, I come from an area where a lot of people go deer hunting and, you know, like 99% of them are drunk and there's, you know, there's accidents every single, you know, there's accidents out in the woods every single year. And it's, you know, it's, it's modern, you know, modern America. And there's not like there's a hospital in the, you know, it's not like there's a field hospital in the woods set up during the deer hunting season, which (laughs) actually might not be a bad idea in in other times. For the king, (laughs) there would be something. Yeah. So like, that is this was a huge party. It was a massive hunting party. It wasn't, you know, it's not like it was just a couple of friends going out to, you know, get drunk and shoot at things. It was, well, maybe they did have a guy, and that's how he survived that long, is, like, their medic was not, you know, actually did a decent job or something. But, I mean, realistically, isn't it? Because, you know, this is the first, this is, like, the first part of the, you know, if we go way back to, like, the very first chapter that I think, you know, George, isn't the first chapter, the first image George wrote of the dire wolves in, in the snow. So this is our callback to the, 
you know, this first the stag dying, and now mm. you know the direwolf is going to die in a couple chapters. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That you know, it sounds like they're both pretty horrifically mauled up and stuff. Yeah, it's horrible. And you know, Ned, you know, the other thing too, and in, in his chapters now, like, yeah, you, know, you do kind of you feel his pain, like you know, his like emotional pain right now, but like actually his physical pain from his leg, like he always. Yeah. You know, I was commenting about how you know how much it's hurting him all the time, and so always, he's you know pretty yeah, busted up. They always talk about like the you know the stomach wounds, and they talk about his entrails like that they hurt worse. You know, that's a yeah. horrible way to die. So this must be horrific. Like, and yeah, just, you know, and, and it kind of segues right in because with this next part, um, Pycelle tries to get Robert to drink milk of the poppy, but he knocks the cup away. So I mean, I wonder if he even had any like pain. Like it's horrific to think about having no painkiller, and um, once. Once they're gone, you know, everybody's left the room. Ned damns Robert for being stubborn, and Robert says, you know, Ned should have let him hunt in peace because he brings up, you know, he found out Rob Robar found him and he told him about the mountain, everything that had been going on in the meantime. Um, he tells Ned the gods sent the boar to punish him for trying to kill, have Daenerys killed. Um, and he's sort of feeling remorse that he'd ordered her death. Um, he said, uh, no one to tell me no but you, Ned, only you. And uh, he feebly asks Ned to get paper and ink so he can write his final testament. Um, he names Ned Lord Regent to rule the kingdom until Joffrey comes of age. And uh, Ned wants to tell him, you know, right at that moment, he's like thinking, I need to tell him about, you know, that Joffrey's not his son, but he can't do it. He doesn't want to, you know, well, what could, we'll do at this point, he doesn't want to hurt him. And he says, but the words won't come. And instead he writes my heir in place of Joffrey's name. Um, and of course, because Ned is, the deceit makes him feel soiled as he thinks. And, um, he asked the God for forgiveness and they sort of, this part I thought was kind of, I'll read this part. Um, Robert, Ned said in voice thick with grief, you must not do this. Don't die on me. The realm needs you. Robert took his hand, fingers squeezing hard. You are such a bad liar, Ned Stark. He said through his pain, the realm, the realm knows what a wretched king I've been. Bad as Eris, the gods spare me. No, Ned told his dying friend, not as bad as Eris, your grace, not near as bad as Eris. And Robert managed a weak, managed a weak red smile. At least they will say the last thing. This I did right. You won't fail me. You'll rule now. You'll hate it worse than I did, but you'll do well. Are you done with the scribbling? Yes, your grace, Ned offered Robert the paper. The king scrawled his signature blindly, leaving a smear of blood across the letter. The seal should be witnessed. Serve the boar for my funeral feast, Robert rasped. Apple in its mouth, skin seared crisp. Eat the bastard. I don't care if you choke on him. Promise me, Ned. I promise. Promise me, Ned, Lyanna's voice echoed. The girl, the king said, Daenerys, let her live, if you can. If it's not too late, talk to them. Varys, little finger, don't let them kill her. And help my son, Ned. Make him better, better than me. He winced, gods have mercy. They will, my friend, Ned said, they will. The king closed his eyes and seemed to relax. Killed by a pig, he muttered, ought to laugh, but it hurts too much. <sighs> so. I just think it's so weird that he is thinking about Danny at this point. Like, that always sort of felt off to me, that this is, like, some big revelation about Danny. Like, if anything, you'd think it'd be a revelation about, like, Joffrey more than... Because he, he, he's already indicated he kind of knows... Mm -hmm how terrible Joffrey is, but like, it's, it's just so weird to me that like, he's, you know, going back on Danny instead of, you know, something else, but whatever. Point. I mean, is he very, like, cause he doesn't really use, I mean, maybe when you're in pain and you're dying, but he doesn't su seem superstitious like that. Usually, you know, it didn't seem like something he'd think. Well, I think maybe the Danny thing is because this was the first 
you know, massive conflict he's had in years with Ned mm-hmm. and it's oh. over Danny and that it yeah. might be that Ned was his conscience on it mm-hmm. and that he's recognizing that he should have listened to Ned and that might be wrapped up in the whole. Snowball. Yeah, because I mean, he's making a point of making Ned regent. It's kind of an acknowledgement that, hey, I should have been listening to your moral compass on this or something. Yeah, because he does mention that part. Like, you're the only one that tells me no. Yeah. So I feel like we haven't got to the other two incidents yet, but I feel like there are like three chances that Ned has in this chapter kind of to, oh, God, to write his ship. And this was chance one. He, I he, just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> if no. he'd just done it, if he just told Robert. No. Robert is still with it enough to, to, you know, create a lot of havoc at the minimum for Cersei and possibly to salvage things. And yet, you know, that is being nice. It doesn't doesn't do what he and needs to do. Maybe his anger would have kept him alive a tiny bit longer. Prolongs his life, <laughs> like a day. Yes, he like just in fury. Just he stays alive for another day or two. He'd have been like, he would have gone out of that bed. Wife. I can't <laughs> right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, just even you know, it's like yeah, we know he's keeping the secrets about. And it's too late for some of this, but I mean, he's keeping obviously the secret about Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella from Robert, but like, if, you know, he could console it a little bit with, you know, Gendry and, mm. and, you know, obviously Robert knows about Barra, but I mean, I just, yeah. I will go to my deathbed thinking that, you know, that Robert would have been the happiest man alive to have, get, to know Gendry as a son. Like that would have made him so happy just like seeing him. You know, even because that would have just been exactly what he wanted and, you know, more than anything. And, you know, Ned even, you know, Ned thinks about those, you know, about those bastards. He thinks about those kids. And, yeah, it's such a freaking opening well, and to like, do there's something Edric here. Storm. There's Edric Storm, who is acknowledged by Robert yeah, and Robert Mello. And, well, I mean, Maya Stone is also an acknowledged bastard. Yeah. We know he has two that he at one point acknowledged because they have the names to go along with it. You know, you don't even get a bastard name unless you're at least acknowledged right. by your noble parent. And then, you know, there's two in King's Landing that we, you know, that Ned has met and that we've met. And, yeah. If, and, he, he, you know, Ned certainly doesn't do those kids any favors either at this point. And it's a really By, no, by doing sad. everything he does. Yeah. He don't have anybody around. Although, you know, Ned Ned is smart not to think it should go to the bastards and to immediately think we need to oh. stay on us here. Oh, no, right. But just, I mean, but Ned, Ned also can, he can't imagine anyone else doing anything with a motive Ned doesn't, wouldn't also not do. So, I mean, he never, it never dawns on him that those kids are in danger from, you know, yeah. the Lannisters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, he even promises Robert here, I'll look yeah. after your children as yeah. well. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he does, which is not at all. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, he literally, that was pretty, you literally do nothing. Yeah, uh, Ned called the servants back in. Um, he noticed Cersei had left, and, you know, this is the part right here where about the kids. Um, Robert has Pycelle and Renly stand witness. They press the wax seal. Um he tells, give me something for the pain and let me die. But uh, he asks Ned to take care of his children for him. And that's the whole part where Robert thinks of the bastards in his own mind. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to think of them. Like He's that, like, it's just so insane how wildly. And like, <laughs> Cersei's not in the room. I know. Like, nobody has to tell himself I'm thinking of something else to make him feel okay about, like, the... Well, I mean, again, lies. Cersei, this is a chance. This is, you know, this is chance number I don't know how many. <laughs> Oh yeah, because she's yeah she's still not there. She's still not there. 
Yeah, well, you just pull Renly and Varys and and Littlefinger into the room with Pycelle and you say, hey, none of these kids are Roberts. We got to have a new succession. I mean, like it could have been done. It could have been handled. I'm not saying Cersei wouldn't still have, you know, right. caused problems and maybe still prevailed. She maybe would have, but he had a chance here. To, I mean, he to, had like a hundred chance. I mean, uh, yeah, I, this is like the one chapter that I kind of wish that we could see it from Cersei's point of view. This chapter and Ned's <laughs> next chapter, because she just the whole time being like, because Ned, you know, Ned's like, I can't believe she didn't go. And then Cersei would be like, this fucking guy, like, I can't yeah. believe he's still here. Like, what the hell is he doing, this moron? Like, if you're like, Cersei. What, what is she doing right now? Right. Like, Cersei or Littlefinger yeah. must just be like, this guy is the dumbest. It's all nice. good stuff, what yeah. An idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, I know he really can't get a Littlefinger POV, but, you know, if he ever wanted to go back in time, this would be the, the little, this little point of time would be the most fun just to be like i can't you know like because he'd be all like i can't believe cat was so in love with this idiot (laughs) (laughs) oh god (sighs) so robert drinks the milk of the poppy um and that's then we get the explanation and paisal says it took him two days it's already too late um he said he should already be dead by now and then comment like he you know renly says he's may have not have been wise but he was always strong uh, as you know, Ned's leaving, and he, he can tell Sir Barristan's all torn up about this, and he says he failed his sacred trust, and you know he's trying to kind of kind of confirm. And Ned says, you know, even the truest knight cannot protect the king against himself. Um, he and we get into this little conversation here, a little bit of info. He mentions that um, Robert blames the wine, and Barristan confirms that Robert was really drunk in his saddle by the time he reached the Boar's Lair. Uh, Varys pipes up to ask Barristan. It's so fun. It's just so hilarious. Like imagining us. Um, who gave the king his wine? You know, because he has like eyebrows being raised. Um, Barristan says his squire, and Ned feels bitter as he thinks of the two fair-haired squires. Um, he asks which one, and Sir Barristan tells him it was Lancel. Sir Varys says he hopes the dear sweet lad does not blame himself, and Ned suddenly thinks, you know, it's kind of funny because Ned suddenly <laughs> thinks of, like, Daenerys, and he tells, I'm like, what? And he tells Varys to cancel the orders for the murder at once, and, you know, he, he doesn't even, like, Varys is like, blam, 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 you know, signaling the flags, and, right. You know. <laughs> I think like, Ned slightly gets it, but he just like thinks more, it's Lannister yeah, incompetence yeah. or something. <laughs> Oh, God. Because, you know, those Lannisters, they're not known for anything like literal kingslaying. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, too. It's like, who? Like, I get that he's the king. But if he's, like, reeling, like, it's not just like he was a little bit drunk. Like, they're saying he's, like, fucking falling out of his saddle drunk. Who would... What? Well, all Why? of the King's Guard, because they've established until Jamie ends it, the King's Guard established they will follow any order of the king, Jesus. regardless. I right. know, that's the problem. Right. Yeah, that kind of shit is the problem. Oh, man. He should feel bad. Barristan should feel shitty. <laughs> I mean, Barristan <laughs> should feel shitty about a lot of shit. <laughs> that's, that's a good quote. Well, you're not, you're not <laughs> wrong there. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, mean I might not, not be part of the Barristan Sell Me fan club. <laughs> Oh Lord! And this is a good part too. Um, I thought it's like Renly emerges as Ned is crossing the bridge. Um, he and he he asks Ned. He's like gets right to the point. He's like, okay, that letter that was the Regency, and he tells Ned like we have I have thirty men in my personal guard. I have a hundred more. I can have them ready to strike within an hour. Um, Ned asks why. Like, and and Renly's like, okay, 
they have to get Joffrey, Marcella, and Tommen away from their mother. He can make Joffrey his ward. Uh, wants to have the children. Cersei won't dare oppose them. And Ned sort of coldly responds that Robert is not dead yet. He intends to convene the council. To hear his final words. And, uh, you know, consider succession. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Renly warns him that every moment he delays gives Cersei another moment. He's right there. Moment to prepare. Um, and this is the little part. He says, by the time Robert dies, it may be too late for both of us. Um, then we should pray that Robert does not die. Small chance of that. <gasps> Sometimes the gods are merciful, and then Renly responds, the Lannisters are not. Lord Renly turns away and went back across the moat to the tower where his bro- di- brother lay dying. Like, it's a perfect quote. Like, the Lannisters aren't merciful. Like, what? Don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it may not have been a perfect plan, but it, it, it was clear like he knew that there was serious serious danger going on right now and ned's well, not <laughs> and you know like in the little scene before that you know renley's talking about robert you know he's like talking about robert's like entrails are falling out and he still like got oh, wow. up to kill the boar and he's like has this wonder in his voice so like there's a bit of like renley's actually for all of like renley's renliness there's like a lot of actual like affection for robert and loyalty towards robert here and, like, Ned not even, you know, Renly's plan here is totally reasonable, but Ned doesn't even, yeah. like, pull him into, like, the actual plan, which is that, dude, I'm going to name your brother king, and, you know, you're his, you know, because it's Ned. Why wouldn't Ned assume that Renly would be, like, totally his number one ally here? Yeah, like, because Renly's why working. Why does he yeah. Littlefinger over Renly, who's Stannis' yeah. brother, yeah. and, you know, since Stannis has just, Shireen and probably not hope of another child like presumably his heir like why is Ned not saying yo Stannis is the heir I sent him a letter where you know this is what's going to happen that's a really good point because Renly's only working from the fact that he thinks that they're Robert's kids so he's making plans based on that you know he's not thinking but if he knew that's I mean I think he kind of knows but I also think he's yeah he's thinking like you know they're going to cut Ned out of the Regency in yeah. the short term. And maybe, Ned, I mean, do you think part of Ned, I mean, because he admits it later on, that he kind of wants to, you know, he wants to go home, I think. And it, actually, the, the next, next part here, like, he's heart sick and he returns to his chamber and he thinks of Cersei's last words. I mean, maybe part of it was, I mean, do you think that was part of all this, that Ned just wanted to be done with it and go home? No, because, uh, I mean, Cersei in his next chapter over. offers him that deal. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, he I, does, but I think, you know, he yeah. he's so blindly following this. He's chosen this path and he's blindly following it with no regard for whether or not it's actually the right thing. Like, he's you know, Stannis is the rightful king, but he's doing this regardless of whether this is actually the right way to do this or the right thing to do. Yeah, well, what what you have here is Ned following what he thinks is the honorable course of action, um, compromising his own honor all the while. Every step of the way, he compromises himself a little bit. But he somehow has convinced himself that this is really the only honorable way forward, and he just doesn't have the flexibility to um, deviate from that I mean, path. Just, and it's like... Yeah. Everything about what about what Renly's saying here makes sense because, you know, like oftentimes, I mean, like if this, you know, if George is going off of, you know, most of Western European history with succession for for royal houses, it wouldn't be unusual for the uncles or for the, um, you know, head head um, advisors to take 
uh, possession of an underage heir and to rule for them. That would be normal. It's a little bit, um, it's, it's not unusual to the point where it never happened, but it'd be a lot more likely than the mother, you know, taking over as queen regent. It certainly would happen, but I mean, you know, everything that Renly is saying not only makes sense strategically, but it, it, it wouldn't be abnormal in this situation either. So it's just funny that Ned well, right. barely and even entertains the- it. He entertains it a little later, but it's too late then. And one of the things he's always, you know, he always is concerned about the kids. Like, yeah. he genuinely is concerned about those kids. And, like, even if Stannis takes the, you know, if Stannis, if everything goes as he expects, you know, he ha- Ned still has to have those kids to protect them. Yeah. So the fact that, like, what did he think was going to happen? Like, this way, he could have taken the kids, threw everything to Stannis as much as he could, and, like, actually like saved the kids from Stannis if that was his goal. Yeah. And yet he chooses to do this convoluted bullshit with Littlefinger that you're giving to. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's in a place where he knows everyone else is not honorable. Yeah. So why are you the only person here trying to act honorably? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I know. Well, and like, there's a certain amount of, and this is the frustration, I think, reading A Game of Thrones, having read the rest of the books in the series, where George eventually does a very good job of letting character drive plot and not the other way around. But in this first book, there are are many elements of of plot um, driving decisions and and not uh, necessarily character. And that is why some of this is just so easy to really pick to pieces because um, there there's an element here of where this really just doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's just <laughs> part of the story at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Here we get into, uh, he's telling Kane to bring little finger to him. Um, you know, he's inquiring about, we, we hear about this. He still think this ship for his daughter is going to depart and um, the wind, witch it's called. And, um, he says that when you're on your way back, deliver a letter personally to Lord Stannis at Dragonstone on your way north. Um, he says it has to go directly to Stannis, no one else. Uh, you know, he's sort of spends a little bit of time grieving here and, and he, you know, he considers what people are going to think about him. They're going to think, oh, he's, you know, they betrayed, he betrayed the king's friendship and disinherited his sons. Um, and, you know, he gets that thought that this regency is going to be a short one and thinks of the day he can return to his family. Um, Littlefinger shows up and jokingly congratulates him and Ned scowls and, like, you know, reminds him, you know, Robert's near his death. And he curses Varys because, you know, Littlefinger's like, yep, I got basically figured it out from him and from you, your expression on your face. And he reveals that Littlef- Little, um, reveals to Littlefinger that he knows that Cersei's children are Jamie's bastards. And this part is funny because Littlefinger's like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> like sarcastically. <laughs> Not shocked at all. Um, that is brand new information. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's funny. and I, You don't get much of like Ned's internal reacting to that. You just go, oh, he doesn't seem shocked at all. But um, Ned sort of tells him that the throne, you know, the throne's going to pass to Lord Stannis when Robert dies. And Littlefinger like, you know, like, look, you know, you need to make sure, like, you know, he's trying to give him alternatives. Like, Joffrey should succeed. Um, he reminds him that Stannis is not his friend. And, you know, his ascent will mean war and the realm will, will bleed if um, Stannis sits on the Iron Throne. Um, you know, he has a suggestion that they make peace with the Lannisters. That He's like, Joffrey can wed Sansa, Tommen with Arya, and, like, you know, his heir to Marcella. Well, I guess that would be Rob, right? And then, is that yeah. what he's talking about? And then... Um, 
he's like, well, if Joffrey becomes troublesome, then you can reveal the secret and put Renly on the throne. Like, it's just all, and like, it, it's so funny because like, Ned's just like, he's so affronted by all this. And like, you know, he's like, oh my God, you're suggesting treason. And he's like, well, it's only treason if we lose. Um, and, and again, this is a perfectly <laughs> great, this plan is great. <laughs> I know people are giving him all kinds of outs. Like, <laughs> um, but Ned doesn't want any part of it. He explains that he called him there to ask for his help, and he's like the help that he promised Catelyn. And he's like, um, you know, he sort of reluctantly admits that he needs his help to secure the loyalty of the city watched. And Littlefinger agrees to bribe Jano Slint with like six thousand gold pieces and going to split between like the commanders and the men, and you know, I guess Janos or whoever, several different people, like all for the sake of Catelyn. So he agrees to do that, and. That's where it ends. I mean, yeah, he lays out this whole, it's more even than I summarized. Like, it's really pretty involved. And, you know, he's just like, what are you thinking? Because he's like, and he mentioned, he mentions what you had mentioned that, um, was it Guile that you'd said that, um, that he's, that, that what is he going to do with, he's going to kill people. He's not going to let people live. He's going to kill, you know, he's going to kill everybody, Cersei and all of them. You know, it's like, and, right. and Tywin knows that. So Tywin's not going to sit back and let Stannis waltz right in. Right. I mean, I think that's the most compelling thing that, you know, as much as, like, from a strategic perspective, we're like, yeah, take control of the kids, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Ned just kind of shoves aside this. If you make this decision, there's going to be a massive civil war and thousands of people are going to die. Yeah. Like, this is on you. Oh, and he mentions and, because Stannis is also bitter about past things. Like, it's not just going to be yeah. what's happening now. He's going to get it's revenge gonna on everything. It's going to be the houses. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be the Tyrells. It's going to, you know, it's going to be those... You know, potentially those houses as well. Yeah. And Ned, you know, it's like, it's like it's not even a consideration to Ned, which, you know, again, is really, you know, that continuing indictment to honor above, you know, honor above anything else. Like, yeah, I mean, and again, obviously, this is all happening. It'd be like a really terrible book <laughs> if yeah. something else yeah. happened. But, you yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Ned is compromising his honor at the same time. I mean, it's not like he is completely preserving his honor. He can't even say to Littlefinger what he wants Littlefinger to do because he finds it so distasteful, but he understands that it needs to be done. And um, I think that's kind of the crux, the crux of the whole thing. I mean, the whole time, the whole book, you don't really know it until later on. But Ned has been hiding his own treason yeah. against Robert. <laughs> and yeah. the, the whole thing is, Ned is a hypocrite. That is that is the underpinning of Ned the character. And, yeah. and it's all right there for anyone to see. I don't know why so much of fandom doesn't see it. But this is the whole point. Ned himself is a hypocrite and can't come to terms with his own hypocrisy. And it literally kills him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know he takes a whole hell of a lot, a lot of people with him. Can't pass his own purity test. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, it's just you know Ned is Ned has has sold himself the lore of why Robert became king to begin with. When the truth is, they seized the throne. <laughs> they took it. That's how Robert became king. They deposed the rightful king and his heirs, and they took the throne. I mean, so, like, Ned should understand how power works with this stuff. He's seen it happen. He's been intimately involved in it. And yet he's just kind of myopic. And he, he only can see this, you know, honorable, this is the way things are supposed to be. Everybody will go along with this, that Stannis should be king, and there won't be a problem. I mean, it's, it's I mean, just... It's- is this his attempt at redemption? Like, a totally misguided redemption, trying to redeem himself for the things that he shouldn't even be worried about? I don't know. Because I think 
he feels this any you know it's like i think he feels guilt every time he thinks the promise me ned and it's like i don't know that guilt is the right emotion that you should be feeling except to your wife well it's not to his wife bringing her in he feels guilty because i know he feels guilty to robert right lied to everyone about john everyone and he's hidden this from Ned or from robert he knows robert would probably have killed john Right, maybe, which is why I don't know John why he should. Years later, but then back yeah. back during the rebellion, Robert would have had John killed, and Ned knows this, so he did the right thing and hit him. But at the same time, he has done a very dishonorable and treasonous thing. He's hidden John, you know. So he he has this hypocrisy at the heart of himself that he just has never come to terms with, and it just literally eats him alive like a cancer because he just can't ever accept it. Do they? Which is so right, and I mean he's making all these terrible decisions out of. I think partly out of the sense to right or wrong that has no need to be righted except to John and to Kat. Those are the only people that need, you know, there's only two people that need to be, that need any, you know, need anything from him about that. And, you know, they never are going to get it. Nope. (laughs) No, they don't. God damn you, Ned. Well, do you think Robert would have killed Ned if he admitted to him that he kept that secret all those years? Probably. Uh, no. probably at the time of the rebellion yes if he if he admitted it now probably not but yeah, so just thinking. Um, i don't know i mean i don't know that robert would have killed baby john like robert loved like as much as we so. robert loved liana and she's dead Rhaegar's dead there's this boy this boy who's a you know they would have i mean they would he might have been sent to the wall at a younger age or whatnot, just because of, you know, his potential for being, you know, for someone wanting to grab the throne for him. But I mean, I do think that he, I do think he really did love Liana and it's, you know, it's a baby that looks like Liana. It doesn't look like Rhaegar. And I mean, I don't think Robert would have ever laid eyes on John. I think he would have just ordered him killed. I mean, we, we've seen that he's capable of this because he's literally trying to have pregnant 13 year old Danny. Yeah. Killed perfectly capable of this right, and but it, it just, yeah. Ned earlier in the book think about Robert looking at uh, Rhaenys and Aegon you know just babies basically killed and how you know he 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 had a distasteful look on his face but then afterward he has always said well some you know he, he accepted that it needed to be done Robert was had fine with be them done, being yeah. dead as long as he didn't have to do it and I think the same thing would have happened yeah. to John and Ned knows nobody knows Robert better than Ned God, I mean, well, now, now, okay. So, if everything had played out and she would ended up with Rhaegar, would he have killed her? Maybe. I think like that's more likely. I, I still think that's more likely than him killing baby John. He's so but to each their own. <laughs> yeah, he's so in denial. Yeah, I, I definitely think Robert would have had John killed. I have no doubt because I think Ned thinks it, and that's all I need because Ned would know. Because <laughs> Ned's proven himself in this chapter alone. To be such a good judge of character. True, true. <laughs> well, you guys know I have a soft spot for Robert, though, too. So I, I like to, I try to think the best of him. So this could also be that. Yeah, I do not have a soft spot for Robert. So that might be layered. Oh, gosh. Oh, so who's going to read the mail? I think we had a couple. <laughs> Little, um. Yeah, I can do it. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, so yeah, we have a couple of questions from the chapter. 
Um, Ancient Octagon on Reddit, they say, um, seeing Grandmaster Maester Pycelle keep popping up to treat Robert made me think about the amount of power and influence that Maesters have in Westeros. Do you buy into any of the Maester conspiracies? Uh, yeah, I definitely think they did something to the dragons, for sure. Ooh. I do think that the, I do think the Maesters did that. They really fucked this shit and like started <laughs> making them smaller. Basically, is that the, is that the theory on that? Well, the, the theory is they were poisoning them somehow. Oh. I don't know what they were doing, but I fully believe it. Which is so interesting. Yeah, I, I, I buy into that one as well. I think the narrative wants us to side with like Marwin, etc. And you know yeah. they're the ones who are embracing magic, but actually, like if you actually think about it, wasn't it kind of a good thing that they got rid of the dragons? And isn't it yeah. kind of a bad thing that dragons yes. are back? <laughs> so yes, it's, it's one of those like weird, you know, and one of those weird things. But yeah, uh, and then isn't there also potentially some conspiracy around the fact of the maesters from like certain houses being like? Is it the Manderleys that have a a maester that was a Lannister, for example. Oh, I could be getting I about that. That'd I could be, be getting that wrong, but yeah, I mean, I think. And the, you know, again, mention, if we, there's mention whole, of this and and concerns about maesters having loyalty still to their houses of origin, yes. I mean, talk about a whole area. I mean, what a whole area of the Winds of Winter that we never, you know, no one ever seems to talk about as something that, you know, would have to be a fairly significant portion of the book, maybe, you know, like, there's another 500 pages. (laughs) Well, George said something the other day on his blog about visiting Old Town in a chapter or two, so I I assume we're going to get some some real maester action. And, you know, maybe it'll be the maesters that, you know, obviously we probably see Euron through Sam's POV, right? Just given he's the only one in that area. If you think that, you know, Aaron Greyjoy's, you know, if he's dead in his last chapter, so then it'd be Sam. And then maybe it is like the Maesters, like tamping him down or, or who knows, who knows what I mean? I doubt, I doubt Aaron's actually dead in that chapter, but yes, I, I do think that, yes, we will probably see Euron's attack. If not Euron himself, at least the attack. Yeah, and through Sam. Sam of all people, jeez, <laughs> poor Sam. He's seen a lot of it. <laughs> Sam, Sam, who thinks he might, you know, get somewhere safer. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, next question we have um, from Cardinal Girl seventy five on Discord. Um, as Robert is dying, he tells Ned that he'll have to rule as Joffrey's regent until he comes of age. Suppose Ned hadn't known the truth. What sort of ruler would he have been had the Lannisters allowed him to become regent? Ooh. I mean, I can't imagine the Lannisters would have allowed him to actually become regent, but. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, better than Robert, I guess, is the answer. But, you know, Ned has this this way of pissing people off and not even realizing that he's pissing them off. So it, it probably wouldn't have been very pretty, but and definitely better than Robert. Well, and like Joffrey's too old to be, you know, Joffrey's too old and might have some, you know, psychopathy that I don't think, you know, I don't think Ned can do much to help him. I mean, Tywin couldn't do anything really to help Joffrey. Like he's sort of beyond guidance. So in, and Ned doesn't seem savvy enough to build a structure that would be Joffrey proof. That's a good point. No. Yeah, it it wouldn't end well. 
at all. <laughs> I mean, you kind of figure like there, you know, there'd be there'd be a small group of people who would kill Joffrey is what would probably happen oh. because everyone, you know, before he came of age, there'd be people that would kill him. And then, you know, it would pass to Tommen who would, you know, be perfectly delightful. But yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, the, yeah. the Tyrells weren't going to be the, you know, they, they might've been the ones to kill Joffrey, but I mean, if they had fa- if, you know, someone was going to kill that kid. Well, you can imagine too that eventually Sansa and Joffrey would have been married probably before Joffrey, you know, reached his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, came of age, and it's hard to imagine Ned watching Joffrey treat Sansa the way I think we all know he yeah. would have treated her as his wife, um, probably just as bad as he did when she wasn't his wife. Um, so, I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to imagine that it wouldn't have all ended in blood eventually, probably, between the Lannisters and just Joffrey himself. But, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I think it ends in blood very quickly. Is what I feel like probably I'm right. <laughs> um, so we have another from Cardinal, Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Um, Ned's actions or lack of them in this chapter uh, strain and credulity um, even for him. First, given how little Ned trusted the Lannisters, why did he think for a minute that Cersei was going to go away quietly after she pretty much outright told him that she was playing the game to win? For that matter, did he think that uh, did he think Tywin was going to do nothing and let Stannis take over the throne? Um, second, I don't remember reading anything that might give Ned a reason to not trust Renly, except for the plot to replace Cersei with Marjorie Tyrell. So why why does he ignore Renly's plan in favor of trusting Littlefinger, who he knows he can't trust? Finally, how did Ned or anyone else, for that matter, think they were going to prove that Jamie was the father of Cersei's children? It's not like Maury Povich and his endless supply of <laughs> DNA tests were around back then. And one comment, um, Littlefinger suggests that not only should Ned allow Joffrey to marry Sansa, but also that Arya should be wed to Tommen. I had to laugh at that idea. Although I could see Arya trying to protect Tommen from Joffrey and getting in trouble over and over. Um, And some of that we already kind of talked about in the chapter. I mean, that actually would be a cute, like a cute fanfic of, you know, Arya being... Tom yeah, I kind of smiled at that. Like, yeah, I don't think it'd be a horrible couple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tommen just seems like someone that needs kind of a, you know, just is going to be a bit of a follower and needs like some strong people around him. And, you know, he'd let Arya do whatever she wanted and he would kind of yeah, probably enjoy so. joining in on it sometimes. <laughs> like they'd actually be fine. But I I mean, Tommen seems like he'd be happy with, you know, he'd be fine with anyone because he's like a genuinely like anyone. affable, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. kid, you know. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Her little kitten king. Oh. <laughs> uh, and that is, yeah, that's all the mail. Because that okay. question, we kind of talked about some of it. Yeah, in the, yeah. Um, yeah I uh, think the rest yeah. of that question is we mostly answer. the answer is plot. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah it's definitely yeah. just plot. <laughs> yeah. There's no Because it makes it. no sense <laughs> otherwise. Oh, okay. Any final last thoughts on the chapter? Poor, dumb, dead Ned. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, something from the beginning of the chapter I just thought about, or thought about it while we were going through. Um, the Kings of Winter and the Direwolves, do we think they ever, like, come to life or anything, or, like, ever have any significance at the end? 
That would be cool. The show really missed a good chance with yeah. that. Well, they get <laughs> they raised as white. Chances with a lot of things. <laughs> they yeah, might I mean, it, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I feel like they didn't go far enough. Like they didn't make it. Like if you're gonna go out there, make it like you're th- <laughs> like the. <laughs> Like, yeah. come on, they had enough money to hire Sean Bean, dress him up like a yes. couple-year-old corpse, and bust yeah. him out of, you know, bust him out of there. That would have been a wonderful <laughs> It was rumored that he was going to be in it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, like, oh him God. carrying his head, that would have been Oh my God, God. that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been better than the fire bolts and the wolves. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would have been better than anything on this season, basically. Yeah, it would have been yeah, better than anything. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, you can read us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brienne subreddit um, and Discord. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher all the places you listen and please support us on patreon at close the door um thank you everyone for a good discussion today and um closing the door get out